Hello, and welcome back to another edition of YCT Matters. This is Carol Platt-Lebow, the president of Yankee Institute, and today we are so glad to be joined by Representative Rachel Cholesky, Republican of Danbury, and we have Representative Cholesky here because this is not a young woman who believes in business as usual, at least when it comes to caring about our children and their education. And um, she attracted some press attention earlier this year when it came to the funding of charter a charter school. And uh, I'm going to just introduce her and ask her to talk a little bit about what went on. So welcome, Representative Cholesky. Thanks for joining us on YCT Matters. Thank you for having me. So you were in um, you were in an appropriations committee meeting and uh, back in April and um, all of a sudden uh, something happened that I think a lot of politicians in Hartford and on the appropriations committee uh, weren't used to. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what happened and what you did? Sure. And um, I didn't realize at the time that it wasn't something um, out of the ordinary. Um, it just, I, I was spurred by um, just uh, uh, shock and disappointment and uh, was really just devastated that to learn that morning before the uh, appropriations committee meeting that of the four pending charter schools that were waiting for funding by the state legislature that only one was left out of the budget when a week earlier i had met with our ranking member of the committee and our understanding was that all four had been in the budget. So all four had been in the budget a week before. And then uh, that day in April, you learned that three had been funded and only the one from Danbury, the, the town you represent, had been left out, the funding for this charter school. That's exactly right. And I was it just felt so wrong in the pit of my stomach. I was angry. I was sad. I was um, just incredibly disappointed. I, I can't describe the um, roller coaster of emotion that day. Um, I did not realize that putting forth an amendment at that point in, t in the process um, was, was anything that was going to cause um, a complete halt of, of usual operations. Um, it was just something that I, I had to do. I was asked several times. Uh, so, so usually the committee is there and people just sort of take what comes and the process rolls along. But you actually offered a surprise amendment to dedicate funding for this charter school that had been left out. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, the chairs knew ahead of time that this was coming, that there was an amendment, it was filed, it was given to the clerk as soon as as possible. The, the budget itself was also a surprise to me that mm -hmm. just having seen it that morning, um, you know, only um, an hour or two before the, the actual meeting. Um, so to say it was a surprise um, 
I, I mean, is, you know, you can, you can argue that it wasn't. Right. Right. So it was, it, yes, exactly. And I mean, in a larger sense, you can argue that a budget that is handed out to the people expected to vote on it that day, just a couple hours later, the whole darn budget is a surprise. Yes, exactly. That's right. Um, and, you know, Yankee Institute's written governance papers talking about how really, you know, that isn't the greatest way to run a government, handing out this whole huge $51 billion government, uh, you know, governing document uh, and expecting people to digest it, understand it and vote on it in just a couple hours. So, okay, so you notified them and then what happened? Um, so I called the amendment. Um, I explained my reasons why. Um, I, I thought I was very clear in in relaying the the support from our community, um, which includes many of our elected local officials, our mayor, the majority of our city council, the majority of our board of education, um, the whole process of going out and educating and making the community aware of um, a, a a potential charter for our community is a years long process. And you have to show to the State Board of Education that the community wants it and that there is a need for it. And we definitely did that in our um, 700 page application to the State Board of Education. Um, so at first I, you know, I tried to relay a little bit about the background as much as I could uh, to the entire committee. Um, the, the chairs called for a recess. I was asked several times to pull the amendment. I, I refused. I just, I couldn't do that. I didn't get here to be yeah. in the state legislature to, to, to take a stand down. <laughs> right. And Kathy Austin, who is uh, the Senator and co-chair, the, the, as uh, as I know, our listeners know, um, here in Connecticut, our uh, committees are chaired by a House member and a Senate member. And Senator Kathy Austin uh, from Sprague is the Senate leader. And uh, she asked you to, to withdraw it. And to your credit, you just wouldn't do it because Danbury has been trying to get funding for this charter school since 2018, correct? Correct. Um, we put in an application, I believe in 2017. It took over a year of um, review by the State Board of Education. It was finally approved by the State Board of Education in 2018 of October. And so other charter schools have been funded in less time. So what do you think is going on here, Representative Cholesky? I mean, why are these other schools getting funded and Danbury keeps getting left out? I believe it is just a few of our own Danbury delegation who does not believe in the concept of a charter school. Uh, any kind of educational choice, in other words. For certain choice, not not all choice, but some particular choice schools, they just are against, they are anti-charter. And so Kathy Austin and the, the other co-chair, Representative Tony Walker from New Haven, they didn't support the amendment, correct? That's correct. Um, they claimed it was an issue with 
protocol in, in this point of the process, um, that it was not something that was typically done at that point. And um, she also let it slip that, you know, Republican amendments that are put forth are generally just voted down. And she encouraged her colleagues to oppose the amendment. Yeah, I mean, it's always ridiculous for people to just oppose something that has independent merit on a process ground. But what's even worse is this whole idea, we don't accept Republican amendments, no matter what. Even if they're a good idea. (laughs) Right. That is no way to run a state. And, you know, we hear a lot about mindless partisanship. Um, You know, it would be terrible if Republicans said we won't accept a Democratic amendment, no matter how good it is, simply because of who it comes from. That's right. I, I just it's it's unimaginable. And that's no way to run a state, because in the end, what they're saying is we care more about party than the people and the well-being of the, the state. Exactly. And that just blows your mind. Totally. Yes. Representative Nuccio, however, um, stood by you, correct? Because she is also she is one of the ranking members on appropriations. She is. And and to her credit and to um, the credit of the entire caucus, they have um, supported me and this cause and I can't thank them enough for their help and support. Uh, they, they've they said if this is the battle that you're going to fight and the hill that you're going to climb, they're going to stand with me. Kudos to you for taking a principled stand on behalf of the families in Danbury who would like to be able to have the option of a charter school. And shame on the people who would just deny that to them despite the people of Danbury having done everything right since 2018. And um, even if you choose not to do it here, I hope at some point the members of the delegation who are trying to foreclose that option and foreclose that possibility, you know, they ought to be named because uh, their constituents should know who they are. And uh, that is part of of, uh, a democratic republic and part of uh, electoral accountability. Yes. And it's not for lack of trying. And every year, every session, the the community comes out in force to say that they they want this school. They urge the, the delegation. They urge the entire legislature to help them, to support them um, in bringing this educational option for our families who are almost half of our student population in Danbury are from economically disadvantaged households. Over a third are English learners. We boast the largest high school in the state of 3,600 kids. Um, Well, and that works for some, it doesn't work for everyone. Right. And uh, and so are, are you willing to tell us who's who's standing in the way of this? Are you comfortable doing that? Um, I will say it is largely Senator Kushner. Um, I, as a parent years ago, though, I also walked the halls of the Capitol and, and sought out any legislator who would listen. I knocked on the doors of David Arconti. I, I tried to speak with Representative Godfrey, who just said he doesn't like charter schools. I was there with another uh, fellow parent. And we urged him just to, to we had some um, reading material, just some informational material for him. And he refused just to take a piece of paper from us. 
because he didn't like charter schools. Does he like any kind of educational choice? The delegation was willing to recently um, approve access to the open choice program, which failed. No one in our our district really, well, there were some that applied, but no surrounding towns were willing to accept our students. Um, And that while that serves a purpose, the purpose of a charter is to uh, raise student achievement within the lowest performing districts in Alliance District, you have to be categorized as, as, as such in order to apply for a charter school. And now let me ask you this, um, you know, can you remind our listeners of what open choice is? Doesn't that allow children the option to go to school in other communities? That's right. Sure. And the, and the, the background for that state program is to integrate and desegregate districts. So they're not heavily. Right, right. But, you know, as admirable as those goals are, what that does is it it takes these little ones out of their own communities and it forces them sometimes into long commutes. And, you know, occasionally I've talked to mothers, especially up in Hartford, where some of this has also been an issue. And they actually want their children in school in their communities and close to home. Yes. And what those politicians in Danbury are doing is they're foreclosing that option to those little ones. And, you know, it's very convenient. You can you can be in favor of all kinds of programs if you know they're not actually going to happen. Right. Right. They're willing to um, dedicate state funds to send our kids outside of our own district rather than have funds come to our district. And I mean, there's no explanation for it um, that I can see. And uh, I wish that some of their constituents would hold them accountable and ask them, you know, why is it that you're only willing to let our most vulnerable children at greatest educational risk um, be educated outside our districts rather than bringing options for them and their parents and the funding for it inside our districts, because I'd really be curious to hear their answer. Um, And it seems to me also that it's an issue of allowing no competition for the public school in the district that would force the public school to raise its game. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes. And, and a charter school typically has a very good across our state. um, A charter school has good relationship with the home district and they share best practices and there is a ripple effect um, to raising student achievement. And, uh, and to, you know, and why anyone would want to prevent those excellent um, practices, the best practices from being shared back and forth to the benefit of these children. uh, It it strikes me that, you know, that's the kind of stuff you see from Randy Weingarten and leaders of teachers unions but not so much from teachers themselves who actually appreciate the opportunity to benefit from, you know, other other professionals' best practice tips and who actually care about the well-being of their students. And especially, you know, this is especially shameful after the pandemic when we have seen the kind of learning loss that has been catastrophic, especially for our uh, the, the uh, 
are low-income students across Connecticut of every color. Yes, yes, so true. Not just they've not just suffered academically, but emotionally, and 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 behavior is 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 more of an issue now than it ever was pre-pandemic. And so, so these children are just crying for attention and support, where they're not going to, they may not get in a very large environment. They need a smaller environment to thrive and to overcome what they've experienced. Yes. And, you know, at Yankee Institute, we believe that every every kind of option should be available to families so they can pick the one that works best for their children. And that's why we have this new project, um, you know, the uh, the the Center for Educational Excellence, where we are funding scholarships of just $2,500 per child gives these children an opportunity. Their parents then also contribute. And then together with neighborhood schools, these small local neighborhood schools, the outcomes for these children, the difference it makes in the trajectory of their lives is remarkable. And they should have that choice and the choice of a charter school, the choice of a public school. They should have every choice available uh, insofar as we can offer it to them that children from affluent families have. Yes, exactly. And and this the, the charter program works in, in Bridgeport. It works in Hartford, New Haven, Waterbury, Norwich, New London, Stanford, Norwalk, there's no reason why Danbury is the only large city in Connecticut without this option. And, you know, it's it's always ironic to me, um, Representative Cholesky, that the people who talk the most about equity uh, and, you know, achieving equal outcomes are the first ones to withhold equal opportunity. Yes, exactly. This is and, a- absolutely an equity issue. I've I, And, you know, and really, you know, I even see it really as an equality of opportunity. We can't guarantee equal outcomes. We can't say everyone's going to get a 95 on the test. But what we can say is we want to give everyone the opportunity to have an education that works for him or her so that those children can go ahead and be everything they were created to be consistent with their interests and their diligence and, you know, what their parents have in mind and what they think is best for their children. And, you know, they want to take away equality of opportunity and replace it with equity. And the only way you can get a quality of outcome is if you cater to the lowest common denominator. And that's wrong for those children. And it's wrong for our state. And it's wrong for our country. And it's really a sin. Agreed. A hundred percent. And uh, we're just grateful to you for caring enough about those children and caring enough about your constituents and your community and education to be willing to hold up the regular process to try, and even without knowing it, um, to try and and call attention and and get what Dan Barry has been seeking since Thank 2018. You. Yes. Yes. And, and Representative Nutrio said it has nothing to do with the amount of money in the budget. The money is there. That's right. The governor had put in m- money in the budget and the, the chairs had left it. So it's there. It's just needs to be applied. And and we're just asking for a mere one million dollars over one million dollars to start the school 
or I would be happy with the 200,000 that the other three charters would receive in their first year just to start start planning. I mean, we're, we're ready. The, the Danbury Charter School is ready to open tomorrow if we were given the green light. Well, I hope I hope your constituents hear about this. I hope that they take it to these other politicians who are withholding what very well may be the chance in life these little ones need. Yes. And they ought to be ashamed. That's right, because this is about the the kids, ultimately. This is not about adults. Everyone make it about adults. This is about the kids. It is, and it isn't about regular process, and it isn't about Hartford, and it isn't about the budget. It's about little children who are among the most vulnerable and the least advantaged among us who just want a fair opportunity in life. And shame on the adults who would withhold it from them for their own agenda and their own reasons. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for taking a stand. And thank you for being with us uh, to talk a little bit about that and about your work in the in the state capitol. And we hope you'll come back and join us another time. Anytime. My work is not yet finished. I'm going to keep fighting for this option for our community. Um, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and share share about our struggle, our years long struggle. Well, you know, you know what they say: never, ever, ever surrender. In the words of Winston Churchill, and from all looks of it, you're not going to. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we'll count on that. And so, uh, Representative Rachel Cheleski of Danbury, thank you for having joined us, and to our listeners, as always. Thank you for joining us. This is Carol Platt-Lebow, and we hope to have you with us on the next edition of YCT Matters. I'll show-